Welcome to the Barbarian Hour podcast, where we conquer the impossible. The Barbarian Hour podcast is presented by Barbarian Apparel. Here is Jared Opfer and Zeb Miller. Are you ready? Hello, wrestlers and coaches. I'm Teague Moore. I spent 20 years coaching at the Division I level in the NCAA, 15 of those years as a head coach. During that time, I helped a lot of wrestlers and parents navigate the recruiting process. I've now opened my own consulting business to do just that, to help you navigate the recruiting process. There's a lot of unanswered questions. How do scholarships work? What program would be right for my son? Or better yet, what coach would be right for my wrestler? I can help answer these and many other questions. Feel free to email me or call me at the information listed below, and we can set up your first consultation today. I look forward to working with you and helping you make the right choice. Okay, so the Barbarian Hour has a Michigan head coach tonight, Coach Tim Roberts. Tim Roberts is the head coach of the Dundee, hold on, Vikings? We are the Vikings. Oh, that's a great guess. <laughs> I knew you guys are Vikings. So, because I'm <laughs> from like 45 minutes away from Dundee, okay? Oak Harbor's about 45 minutes. Oak Harbor, Ohio is about 45 yeah. minutes from Dundee, Michigan. We actually dueled Oak Harbor once. Okay. I've, 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 I've filmed it. It was at St. John's High School. Yes. The Vikings won. Yeah, I think we won the duel maybe. Yeah, that's a while ago. I don't remember. I remember uh, uh, no, Ian you guys Miller won. was a member of that team. Yeah, Ian was on Ian the team. Miller. Yeah, he was extremely tough sophomore at the time. And yes. We had Ian a good senior. He wrestled maybe one of the Davis. Is that, does that sound right? No, he wrestled a uh, kid. Uh, Josh White was his name. Okay. Josh White was a four-time state placer for us. But okay. Did not beat Ian Miller that day. <laughs> Little Ian wasn't bad even as a sophomore. He had some good matches with uh, David Taylor that year. Oh yeah. So yeah, he had a good. He had, he had some good good. But I was there, filming. My brother uh, was filming and. It, it was good. I mean, and Ian, his sophomore year was fun to watch. So he was a real deal. Progressed. But yeah. you guys had the Rendinas on the team at that point in time, correct? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Pete they were and good. Joey. Joey and Pete. And then the dad is Pete. The dad is Joe Ray. No, the garage, Pete's garage is the Pete's grandpa. garage. That's Joe Ray's dad. Like they named it from him. From his but dad. Our, right? Now is that his dad? But I know it's Pete's garage. I it's, know it's named after his dad, members. I believe. I believe you're right. Yeah. So, so the the Rendinas are obviously Dundee kids. You guys have been nine time state champions in Michigan, right, Coach Roberts? Well, nine times since I've been head coach. We're actually oh my, it's more, it's more. <laughs> but we won four more when I was assistant. So we uh, we have thirteen. Right oh my goodness! I was just gonna say something to you like, "Oh, can't you wait to get your double digits?" But you're already in. You're well over your double digits as far as being mm -hmm. a member of the of the program, right? Uh yeah, yeah, as a member of the program. But uh, I would like to get that tenth. Like uh, currently, there's two guys as uh, head coaches in Michigan that have won nine titles, and uh, the other one being Bill Rainier from Temperance Bedford, and one is me. So, yeah, pretty cool to get the tenth. Is Bill Rainier the only other – there's nobody else with 10? No. Well, he has nine. We he both has have nine, nine. But he's retired. He's retired. Because Vogel's yes. the head coach he was, of that, right? 
Yeah, Kevin Vogel, the awesome yeah. wrestler himself. He's a very good coach. But uh, Bill Rainier is pretty much regarded by many circles. Uh, you know, it's hard to deny like the best high school wrestling coach in Michigan. You know, That's maybe crazy. ever. Yeah. I think Bill Rainier's the one. I think his nephews are the Dernlins. I think I right? got that right. Yes, I believe that's right. Yes, I think Bill Rainier's nephews are the Dernland brothers. Okay. How crazy that. is that? Uh, Matt, Tim, Steve, Jeff Dernland. Uh, Tim was an All-American for Purdue. They won a bunch of state titles down in Champaign County by St. Paris. So that, that, that's a, how wild is that? I, I, I hit you with that out of the blue. You got some Did you know that that was – he, he, yeah, he is their, their uncle. I had no idea. That's mind blowing, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that's crazy. So, um, wow. So you could be the first coach in the state of Michigan to win 10 state titles. If we get it done first, we got some other great coaches in Michigan that keep winning right now. That's, yeah. But my point is bad. you'd be the first to 10. Yeah. If and it, I understand that Mitch Hancock's probably in a pretty good position to win. RJ Boudreaux from Lowell has won every time. Since he's been head coach, are you serious? Yeah, he's uh, he's up to seven or eight. Wow, he's only been coaching that many years. Yeah. Uh, what about Coach Hall at uh, Davison? Roy Hall is retired now, but so he's retired uh, too. So him and him and Rainier are in the same position. They can't really gain anymore. Right. Unless Roy Hall, Roy Hall could come back. I guess Hall, yeah, Coach Hall. Yeah. Oh man, I saw John Reader this uh, weekend. <laughs> we ran uh, against. Yeah. We ran into John Reader. Uh, we, I coach at, uh, I coached at Riverside High School. It's in Painesville Township, up on the lake uh, in uh, east of Cleveland. But my guy ran into John Reader at the Medina Finals. <laughs> Didn't go well for us. Didn't go well. Didn't go well. Really good, yeah, not many people it doesn't go well for against John Reader. But no, uh, John Reader. Very good, Russell. Oh, my God. Great guy, too. Really cool guy. I like him. Yeah. Do you follow him on, like, uh, social media? Oh, yeah, posts? yeah. Just about every day, he posts something that is really good for mindset for wrestlers. Inspirational I mean, quotes about inspirational, what Inspirational. Yes. Something to get, you know, your mind right, you know, and just about every day, it's something worth sharing with the team. It's it's really good stuff. Yeah, he he's super motivational. I was talking to him and Coach Bono about the 100 the hundred mile race they did. Did you did you? I I saw a little bit of what they were posting about it. Yeah, I'm like, what what's wrong with you two? Why are you right. doing that? <laughs> and it's just like, what, what levels are you reaching? <laughs> yeah, and I think their big thing is like they're going to show their guys what they're willing to do, J just like you know, like living, living it, guys. We're li we live this. We don't need to, you know. They train for this every day. They train for life, but they are like a whole nother level. And he he's from. So the team that he was on, you were coaching Dundee at that point in time. Yep. The team that John Reeder was on when he was a sophomore, Paul Donahoe was a senior, and I believe Metcalf was a junior, if I got that right. That's, yeah. That is wild that those guys were all on the same team. They were extremely good high school wrestling. Oh, that was, that was, a, that was like was an so all-time great team. Um, Jimmy we would wrestle them. What's that? We would wrestle them in duel every year. And that's just outstanding. It, Roy Hall is such a good coach in the program they had and what they had going. Those guys were outstanding. Was that – are they big school, the, the biggest school? Uh, they're in the biggest class. The so biggest we, class. we have that's four divisions in Michigan. Yeah. And they're in Division One, which is the biggest. 
and you are division three correct we're a division three school so what is a graduating class at dundee high a graduating class uh it's around 120 kids or so okay so that's you are about the same exact size as oak harbor high school where i'm from oh, is that right okay. yeah so so we graduated and i i think that they're they're shrinking though because they haven't they're like monroe they're like we have a nuclear power plant in oak harbor where i'm from okay and um the nuclear power, they're starting to deregulate. They're doing a lot of different things where they're trying to shut down uh, nuclear power. So if that goes under, um, they will be the, they'll be a tiny school. They're, they're the smallest classification in Ohio division three, but we were division two when I was there because it was obviously prosperous and the, you know how that goes, man. You guys live, yeah. um, you, you live in Detroit area, essentially. What are you guys south of Detroit? 35 minutes. We're south of Detroit. So we're, we're not far from the Ohio border. We're yeah. just uh, 20 minutes. 17 miles right up, and we're in the southeast corner. Yeah, so you're 20 miles. You're right by Monroe. I actually live in Sylvania. Ohio. Oh, do you? You live in Ohio? <laughs> you live in Ohio? <laughs> my aunt and uncles live in Sylvania. Uh, my nephew okay. went, or my cousin, not my nephews, or my cousins. They were, I want to say Southview. They were Southview Cougars. Which one Southview. do you live in, do you know? I, uh, we live right next to Toledo, so. Okay. I haven't, lived, I haven't lived there. But this is my third year. Okay. Uh, hooked up with a girl from high school, and she lived nice. here. And we got deciding where we're going to go, and I was like, "Well, it's only twenty minutes south of Dundee, so this works." And awesome. So, okay, Coach Roberts, what do you do for a living? I, for a living, I work for Davy Tree, and uh, we do line clearance tree trimming for the power company, Detroit Edison. So BTE. So I, I. Uh, I do that. I'm trimming trees or I, what my actual title is. I'm a line clearance coach, they call it. So I go out and work with all our guys and train the new equipment. We do CPR. I do the CPR classes and, and uh, just work with the guys. And generally, like I'm a go between between the men and the management, like back and forth. If we have time and overtime, sense. I will share some tree trimming stories with you because my brother, Chad Miller, owns a tree service and uh my brother tate um he uh he decided to uh let me know how much he didn't appreciate that i could tell people i knew how to cut trees down so he put me up in a tree one time <laughs> about 50 60 feet and he took nice. the boom of the crane and was hitting it against the tree while i was up <laughs> But you know what? It wasn't a big deal, Coach Roberts, because I was tied off. You were tied in. Maybe yeah. You're all good. I was you're tied off. I had my belt on and my spikes, so it wasn't a big deal. You know, if I'd have fallen 50 or 60 feet, no big deal. Or if the harness would have broken my back. or, But I was tied off. You it, know, he, If your stuff breaks, yeah, you're, you're yeah, going to be in trouble. Sure, sure. But you know what? He, You know, it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. If, you, you know, if he you're wanted okay me to with heights, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I mean, like literally, it's a nightmare scenario for someone like you. What he was doing to me, he was hitting the tree with the boom, and I was up there screaming, and I was like, I wasn't crying, but I was like, "You gotta stop doing that." But he's out of his mind, obviously, as you can tell. Um, but it, it, he wanted to me, "Hey, you tell all these people you're Paul Bunyan or something. I'll show you." And I was like, "He's almost killed me. Why would you do that?" So you were tied in. You were it was fine. a grand time. It was a good old time, man. But um, I know we're we're yeah. That's hard work, by the way. What you're talking about, an arborist is really hard work. 
it's physically demanding. You know, it's a it's a job. Of, it's a skill of learning how to do it, and it it re- equates to wrestling really well because yeah. it's all about position and getting in the right position to do the job. And if you don't understand positioning, you're working way harder than you need to be. And uh, it's all about getting in position. And I've actually had some of our former wrestlers come to work with us, you know, after high school. And wrestlers take to it pretty fast because uh, the whole positioning thing, they got a better leg up on understanding that. So it's, they kind of work together like that. Work them like dogs, too. I know you do. Uh, well, that's just part of the gig. Little <laughs> <laughs> dragon brush, man. Oh, my God. My brother used to have the exposed PTO, you know, the, the big, the drum, the exposed oh, drum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It we had call no them whipper slow. chippers. Oh, my God. He didn't yeah. have the slow feeding wheel to begin yeah. with. What do you call them? We call them whipper chippers because oh, it yeah, flies in there. And then it, shakes. It, it, it whips in there really fast. Oh. And then the, the ends of the brush, you're probably going to get whipped in the face a few times. Yep. Like, if it's, <laughs> especially if it's dry. Yeah. Whip. And yeah, if it's dry, it, it really whips around. Yeah, if it's, if it's uh, no leaves on it. Yeah. Because when uh, you have leaves on something, it's a shock, shock absorber. Yeah, luckily at work, we've kind of phased those out by oh, now. And they're we, deadly. We are you kidding? They're deadly. They're so <laughs> deadly. They're so <laughs> deadly. Like <laughs> oh, they're so deadly. It's not – oh, my goodness. So I'm, I love that we both have an affinity for trees, but you've been doing it. How long have you been doing it? Uh, 16 years. 16 years. Uh, it is very dangerous. It's one of the most dangerous jobs on the uh, on the planet. You know that, right? It, well, what we do is line clearance tree trimming. So it kind of combines the tree work and logging, which is right up there with one of the most dangerous. And then yeah. you add electricity from the power lines as well. So you got two things in there that there, you have to be on the ball. There's a certain requirement of uh, being able to pay attention, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what's going on. And then, uh, have the wherewithal to stay within what you're doing. And, well, I mean, yeah, you know. a saw will eat you up. First off, here's think about this. I don't think a lot of people think about it. You're up in the tree, and the saw, the, the, the tool that you're using is a death machine. I don't think a lot of people get that. If you don't handle it right or it kicks back, something yeah, happens. You have to use uh, it. Right. I mean, just there's so much that can go wrong, and it's like that. that's a precision job like what you're saying. And, like, my yeah. dad was an iron worker which is another similarly dangerous job, right? They're walking high iron. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you know the blaze, the blazes there, the blazes, um, oh, Joe blaze. There's, there's Joe blaze. One, two, three, four. Obviously Joe blaze four is the kid wrestling at Perrysburg. Joe okay. blaze three is an iron worker. Joe okay. blaze two was an iron worker. He's the same age as my dad. And Joe blaze one was an iron worker. All right. Did you know that? I didn't know they were iron workers, but I yeah, know yeah. the blaze kid. Like. Yeah, so the, the the blazes are iron workers, and they they do a lot of it. But they got into the business agent end of it. They're they're really good. Those guys are pretty smart, savvy guys. So they need uh, knuckle draggers like my dad. But I'm, it's really cool to hear that um, you're talking about being an arborist. Essentially, you're an arborist. Yeah. And then you, it's such a unique th- how you add the power lines to it is a whole nother layer of, yeah. of danger. Um, you have to be aware. There's certain, like I said, there's a certain awareness level you have to have to do this job. If oh, you don't have it, then don't be in this line of work. There's, there's ones I see around here. Obviously, Davey is the company you work for, right? Yes, sir. Their world headquarters is in Kent, Ohio. Yeah. Um, 
Davey, the, the founder of it, was the governor of Ohio. So they're obviously a big deal in Kent, Ohio. Um, I've seen your trucks in uh, Great Falls, Montana. I couldn't believe it. Davey is the second largest tree company in the world. Is a Splendid the largest one? company owned. Is the, a Splendid uh, number Asplen. one? Yeah, yeah Asplen. Is Asplen, yeah, Asplen. They're number one. They're number one. Okay. What are they, like Dutch or something? What are they? I don't know where they're from. I just that, know their trucks are orange. Yeah, <laughs> I need to know the orange. Trucks. Yeah, they're orange. But Davy's all over the country. Yeah, yep, I've place. seen them everywhere. It's crazy where I've seen Davy Davy Trees. It is uh, it's a massive company. But okay, so being an arborist, well, okay. Have you heard of Arborware? Oh yeah, of course. Five minutes from my house. Oh really? That's yeah, where they just at. moved to a new location, uh, Chagrin mm -hmm. Falls area. They're actually in Bainbridge Township, and they just moved into an old factory and repurposed it into okay. the retail brick and mortar center. And then obviously they've got these massive warehouses. So uh, that's five minutes from my house in the Chagrin Falls. Uh, I'm wearing my Arbor Wear jacket today. So. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they've got the double thick uh, Kevlar lined hoodies. They got it the all. Hoodies. They got, yeah, they fit over your hard hat. Yep. With them, those type. And the double yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So that's right near my house and um, awesome. Chagrin Falls area. So, um, wow, what a, the new facility is incredible. You should come check it out. If you ever do, nice we can. Sunday hook up and do some dinner or something and nah, that'd be awesome. do, do an in-person podcast, but it's great to hear you're an arborist and that you're a blue collar guy. I come from yeah. blue collar people, but I'm a teacher now. So yeah, good for you. I, well, I mean, iron works hard, coach Roberts. <laughs> iron works real hard. <laughs> Trimming tree lines and uh, power lines is hard. Okay. It's hard work. Those are. It's, yeah, a, it's so, a different route to make it, but you can make a good living doing it. It's just a different absolutely. kind of thing. What's great, uh, what's great. uh, Tom Ryan say, choose your hard. That's so, true. Yeah. So which hard do you want to choose? So I'll tell you what, coming from a Michigan guy, I didn't think you were allowed to speak those words, but uh, here's what I found. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. My wife's from Ann Arbor. Okay. The Ohio people care about that rivalry much more than the Michigan people do. I'll tell you uh, my own experience with that. Uh, a long time ago in the nineties, I had a job right after coming out of the military, I was a groundskeeper at U of M for the football team, actually. So one of my jobs was working on the field. Um, every once in a while, they'd let us go to a game with them, right? Like I'd ask and I'd just get a ticket to be wherever, you know, on the sideline stand somewhere. So go to different stadiums, went to a few. The experience of going to Columbus in that environment, wow. Yeah, I would have to say they take it to another level down there. Of like, yeah, it's it's something different. But that we care up in Michigan. Don't think it's we we are in. We're all in, and we want to win and everything. Just the level they take it to as fans is something different. Like it, it's insane. Like the, okay, how much yeah, they you hate said it, Michigan not me. is insane. So it's yeah, their level of hate takes it to another it's crazy. thing. Yeah. You write the letter M for like the month of November. That team <laughs> write X instead of M for Mitch. Did you know that? I didn't know they took it, they did all that. Are stuff. you? It's not, Coach Rob. They take. It, they they really put some hate into it. What yeah. I found out. What I found out is Michigan State, Michigan. To me, and what I've observed is a way bigger rivalry for Michigan people, at least. No, I, it's hard to top that Ohio State thing. That's a huge rivalry. I, 
I mean, it, you got to consider like for so long it was one-sided in football, but before that it wasn't like, and it was a thing like, but then all state had that run, but you know, till this year, Michigan stepped up and like put it on them, which was cool. But Michigan, Michigan state thing used to be the other way where Michigan was always had the upper hand and then Michigan state come along and started. And now they keep winning, you know, like this year, Michigan had, a, has had a great season, but they still managed to lose to Michigan state. Yeah. So that rivalry is pretty big too. And in, in state and, uh, since Michigan State's gotten to that next level, you can see that one's really picked up steam too. And it's yes. Yes. generally football is where those that rivalry is. And it's it's weird, like you say that like oh the Michigan Ohio State thing and how rough that is, but wrestling's a different thing. And us as wrestlers, we just look at you know we're big fans of Michigan, obviously you know they're our guys, but you can respect Ohio State for what they do as well and how good they are at it. Tom Ryan's a great guy. I don't know how you could say anything really bad about him wherever yeah. he's coaching now you know yeah i'm not i'm not saying anything uh yeah he's awesome I'm a big sean burmett fan i like sean yeah he's awesome too yeah, yeah. these guys so, are, yeah, and then obviously are. that's what 25 minutes on the road from from yeah. dundee we were fortunate enough this weekend we had a tournament in michigan and we had tom ryan was there sean burmett was there and casey cunningham from penn state they were all there and like talk about three great people and great coaches, like, and they were all at this high school tournament we were at last weekend. So. Can I just tell you that Casey Cunningham does not get the credit he's due? Can I just can I just put that out there? I think he's obviously he was a he was a killer for Central. Yeah. And uh, him and his brother both. Yeah, and right. him as a coach, he is an absolute. Like they're just such, he's such, he's like a loyal guy. He loves his, they, they love their guys. He's a nice guy. First off, soft-spoken, nice guy. Um, I think that he is just probably the most underrated assistant coach in the country. That's just my opinion. If, if people don't know what he's doing, then they don't, they don't follow wrestling enough. Like, uh, and really understand what's going on. That guy's awesome. And yeah. it, it, as a, in a personal level, like we, we go to took our team to camp at Penn State, and the level he will go through to to make sure if you take your team there, they're going to have a great experience. Like he he goes way out of his way to make sure that you're having a great experience as a team. Like he don't he he has his guys. Like how how awesome is it for a high school kid if you're at camp there and you sit down to eat lunch and on one side of you is sitting Jason Knopf and on the other side is Zane Rutherford and you're eating and you're 14 or 15 year old kid. And these guys are eating with you, just talking to you. And like Casey goes and makes sure that happens, that those guys aren't spending the whole time just talking to each other. He understands that you paid money to go there to be at their camp. And he's making sure those kids get a really good experience while they're there. Plus you're going to learn great technique. And, it, and he, like, he goes the extra mile. If he puts, I mean, obviously he does put that kind of into the coaching as well. You can, you can see what they're doing. And then you, you got that whole team of them with the Sanderson brothers and him. And then, you know, the other guys that got on staff, it's, it's a great experience to go to camp there. And you, you can't help but leave there a fan of those guys. That would have been like, I mean, what year you did you graduate high school? In 1986. So that would have been like you going to Iowa in 1982. 
four. <laughs> That'd have been like you right. going to Iowa camp in 1984 when they're in the midst of winning all their titles. When they're right. in the midst, they won nine in a row, right? From uh, what, 80, 80, 77 to 86, 86, 87, right? So they were about to win their 10th title. They got beat going for their 10th title. That's that that's that would be that that's what that would be like. It's like yeah. you going and eating next to Rice Alger. Exactly. Exactly that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would and be like be you like, going and eating next to Barry Davis. Right. And you're right, be, like the band. Like, oh wow, this is happening. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? Like, think about that. And here here's the other thing. I'm gonna just put this out there. Those guys don't need to do camps. Penn State don't need to do camps. Right. Ohio State doesn't need to do camps. Michigan doesn't need to do camps. I get it. Hold on. I get it. I get it that they can use it as a, as a they can pay volunteer assistance with it, right? They can, they can, they can do all this other stuff, but let's just look at the three athletic budgets of those schools. They don't need camps. And for them to, to treat camps as important as Casey Cunningham treats camps at Penn state, that says a lot about that guy. He don't yes. need to do that. Right. Think about that. I, Am I wrong? Does he need I, to he, do that? There's uh, obviously not. I've been to other camps that it's not like that. So yeah. they can still do it and not put that kind of effort in. But he does. He's that kind of person. Like, He's a great guy, though. He's just oh, a yeah. super nice guy, soft-spoken guy, but clearly knows one of the top ten minds in wrestling and college coaching today, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, what they got at Penn State just such a good deal. Yeah, they're awesome. And my thing is always like, oh, is he going to go to Central when Tom Borelli retires? But I mean, if you're him, I don't know why you would. I get why you would, but man, he's got a, such a great setup in State College. His son, um, I want to say, it might be his oldest son. Um, he was at the National Middle School Duels last year for uh, was it David Taylor? It was David Taylor's team M two. Right. He was there. So, and then I believe Casey's wife was uh, an Olympian in weightlifting. Really? I believe she was Olympic gold medalist wow. in weightlifting. I have to check. I'm gonna have to Google that, but I know that that guy's a fa- he's a really good person. Yeah, coach, better person. I'd agree. That that's that you know so, like that's what you want, right? That's what you want. You want to have your athletes be a, a, a great wrestler, but a better person. I mean, that, that, I think that's the ultimate goal for all of us, right? I think it is. You know, you would love to coach great everybody, be a great wrestler, but in reality, the time you get to spend with them and what you did, you hope on the other side. Uh, you're teaching people how to be good adults. Like they, teenagers, I think, go through what they do and learn their lessons. But you hope on the other side, you gave them something so they have a basis to be good adults and uh, good values. And I, I, I feel that's important, you know, that you're sharing those kind of things. So just off the top of my head, your last, like, couple years, you've had Swider- both Swiderski brothers. You have Casey still on the team. Yeah. Um, so you, hold on. You had the number one – you had two of the 14 number one guys in the country. Talk about when – who was it? It was, uh, it was Casey and Braden, right? They Braden went Davis. To, say it again. Braden Davis. Oh, yeah. It was Braden. Okay, yeah. Braden Davis. Braden and Casey went to who's number one in Dallas. Casey wasn't given a snowball's chance, and you know what? Yeah. He's got the pound-for-pound pound number one guy in Mendez. And he's, they're calling it the upset of the year. I had Casey on. He didn't seem to think it was the upset of the year because Casey knew he was going to beat him. You know, if anything is possible to happen, 
only one person has to believe it's possible for it to happen. But that one person has to believe it can happen. And he believed, you know, and he he trained for it and he got his mind. He believed he could do it. And it's just, it's very inspirational, I think. And it shows you, if you believe and you put into it what you can make happen, but, you know, I, I think you're right. Most people did not pick him, you know, or give him a chance really of thinking like, oh, yeah, he's going to be it. But he believed it and he totally went in believing it. You saw what he made happen. That was exciting. That was an awesome match, too. Wasn't it? He's an absolute freak athlete. Casey Swarderski's a mutant freak. He is something else. so explosive. His speed and his fat. And his his wrestling IQ is really high, and it always has been. Uh, There's one thing you you notice as he was a youth. Like, you you got a vision of, like, he could see what was coming before it's coming. Uh, He had a, he has an ability of that, and, uh, like just to be in the right place and then his speed to get there. Like, uh, yeah, his wrestling IQ is something. He's a lot of fun to watch. My favorite thing is I think I might be able to get to watch him at Brexville because we come back from Florida on the 29th. Yeah. And Brexville's 29th and 30th. Oh, yeah. So I might be able to sneak in there and watch Casey Swiderski. I don't know what weight he's going to be, though, because it's the goofy Ohio, the new goofy Ohio weights. He's going to be 44, 38. So, so we, uh, our last tournament, they used national weights for, cause they invited Brownsburg from Indiana. So they used the national weights there in Michigan. We have our weights. And then when we go to Brexville, we'll be wrestling with our sir, third set of weight classes for the year. <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting to experience all of it. So, okay. That's the question. Is it going to be 138, 144, 150? Do you even know yet? I don't know. I love um, that. I love it. I'm just going to tell you right now, I love everything about that because my thing is I want him to be 144 because I want to see him in Blaze role. Okay. Well, they train together all the time. Uh, yeah, so. he was talking. They both were talking about it. And they're both yeah. from the same – they're both from that southwest, uh, southeast Michigan area. So, Right. Yeah, and that would be a treat for me. Up, uh, with, with Scotty Burnett being there and, uh, you know, right there in Perrysburg. And then, you know, obviously Joey went to school there and uh, – they do such a good job. So that opportunity for them to work together. So, you know, obviously they train together a lot. I'm guessing I'm not going to get my other dream matchup at the uh, Brexville, which would be Marcus Blaze versus Braden, Braden Davis. Leave Marcus is 113. Yeah, and, uh, but Braden's, we're not going to see. He's not going down. But he's not, he's going, not down. going down. So I'm not going to get that. So his fat test doesn't go down to 13. Right. Okay, he'll so, have his he'll have his share of good opponents at one twenty. But he was yeah. the number one wrestler in the country. Talk about his uh, uh, who's number one. How did, who did Braden wrestle and who's number one? He, Man, he wrestled Leo DeLuca, who was uh, he's Jersey a, guy from New Jersey. Yeah, so he was the cadet uh, Fargo champion, and uh, Braden was the junior Fargo champ. And uh, you know, I think they're trying to match him up and get a good opponent. And they did an online poll. And they, and you know, who do you think is going to win? The flow did, and uh, they had it two to one. People thought DeLuca would win, and uh, that's kind of stuff that really fires Braden up. And uh, he was charged up for that. <laughs> how, <laughs> fired he went up. Up, how fired up was uh, Swiderski? <laughs> he, he was given no chance, he was, he was not given 
At least, I mean, think of Braden Davis was given 33% chance to win. <laughs> Casey was probably given under a 10% chance to win. He was wrestling the number one guy in the country. Um, you know, how could, you know, going into that, looking at what had the history had been, because Mendez is coming off what he did at the uh, the Open, you know, to qualify it for the uh, Team USA. You know, he's he beat College All-American, Division One All-Americans. Yeah. He, and, you know, he, he beat high-level guys to get that. So, uh, yeah, you can understand why everybody would think, like, you know, and put him where he was. He's ranked as the overall number one. It's obvious, you know, he, he deserved it. He, he earned it by what yeah. he had accomplished. So, I, <laughs> I get it why everybody would say that. It's just Casey believed he could do it. You know, he, he didn't put all that out of his mind and trained and got himself prepared to be – ready to do it. And he, he just totally believed he could do it. So. Casey actually went to Lake Erie College, which is a mile from the te- the school I teach at, Painesville, Ohio. He went to Lake yeah, Erie College, watched. and he won the Storm Open. Yeah. And he beat another – he beat a Brexville kid. He beat a guy who he's going to pr- potentially match up again in Brock Herman, right? Yeah. So how about that? You go to a college tournament and two high school kids end up making it to the finals. To be fair, they're both pretty other. good. Yeah, yeah, Brock Herman's very good, and he, uh, good. he wrestled a good match. He's he's quite good. Yes. Yeah. So we could. See and we also had another kid to go there. We had one of our uh, our junior, Caden Shinovar, went and got third at 125. Are you so serious? Yeah, he's a junior in high school. Yeah, he did a good job. So last year, you guys had <laughs> how many individual state champs for Dundee, Michigan? Yeah, it was a good year. We end up uh, eight individual state champs. You had over half the champs. Is that the most in Michigan State individual high school history? Yeah, there was. Yeah, that's amazing, Coach. There's Coach. been a few times seven's been done. We got actually had seven the year before, and uh, Detroit Catholic Central has gotten seven. And and uh, but yeah, we got eight last year. Oh, that's amazing, Coach. What you've done there is, is incredible. Now, just for people who don't know, you know, we're talking about Michigan. Talking about Michigan's rule set, and, and and I'm not done with your rule set yet. You already know what I'm going to talk about that infuriates me. I know it infuriates you too. But talk about the Michigan dual championships and how they run it, and then that then there's an individual championships where you keep no team score. Yes, I got a problem with that too. But I'll talk. But 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 just talk about how how they run it in Michigan. And they kind of match it up in successive weeks, I believe. Go ahead. So, so we'll have our whole regular season, and then you get your 14 weigh-ins during the regular season, do what you do there. Then uh, we go in stages. Uh, you'll, first is districts. So it'll be, say, on that Wednesday, you'll have team districts. And they bring in four teams, and you wrestle You wrestle the one team, they, the other two and the winners wrestle each other, so you'll get one team comes out of that district, right? From And then go to the Saturday, they're going to have individual districts. And you'll get a 16-man bracket of your district and then wrestle that out and get the top four qualifiers. So you get an out from districts. Then the following week we go is regional week. So then you go the Wednesday, you have teams that won their district, beat up at regionals and then you wrestle it out you know and have your duels at regionals to get to uh, a winner of the region okay then you go to saturday and you have individual regionals 
So then take your district qualifiers from one district and district qualifiers from another, and they go together and wrestle that out. And then the top four out of that qualify for state. So that, and then the following week, uh, we'll have team state, which will be the Friday and Saturday. They have the top eight teams go there in duels. And then if you win, you advance, you lose, you're out. And they try to seed that, try to get separated and see if we can't get the top two teams, you know, based on what, you know, you think, you know, how they've done all year separated. And the idea is try to get the two best teams in the finals more often. But uh, you wrestle through there and then it's like just win the duel, advance. And then when the duel advance gets to the final, and uh, that's how we decide our champion for the team. And then the week after that, we have individual state, and that is just solely to wrestle it out and see who's the individual champs. But we don't te- keep any team score at that, and they wrestle it out, see who's top eight, you know, to make all state, and then uh, who's your state champs. Okay, so they do it. It's like this: they keep going back and forth between mm-hmm. team, individual, team, individual, team, individual. Yes. But the individual is a whole nother week. They they get between their, their state qualification tournament and their state dual championships is the weekend in between. And then there's a whole nother week for the individuals after the, the team championships, correct? Yes. So here, 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 I'm going to just – I first off, I've watched the duels. Is it at Joe Lewis or Little Caesars or what? What's the name of the arena now? Right now, we've been doing it at the Wings Event Center in Canada, Mizzou. Okay, and that's it was in Detroit well. forever, wasn't it? We had it in Battle Creek for the long, a lot of years. The okay. you're talking uh, the Palace of Auburn Hills. We used to have individual team okay. finals there, but we we used uh, Battle Creek Kellogg Arena, uh, which is a, which is a fabulous arena. It was really cool. It was a neat setup. Uh, we everybody enjoyed it, but there was there was limitations to it that uh, you know as as years went on, and and that 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 got used less and less. The town like town of Battle Creek, I think businesses were leaving there, and uh, it wasn't quite as friendly for it because it was like no place to warm up at all, and uh, you you know it was harder to find things that worked like in that way. So. I think over the years that we just kept talking about, you know, like it'd be nice to have a warm up area, like we could get that done. And uh, then they started exploring what we could do. And then we ended up at this Wings Event Center. And that's actually, they play hockey in there. Where's uh, the Wings uh, Event Center? Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's in Kalamazoo. The other one is in Battle Creek. Yep. So Why it's still on the think, west side. Is, is there something you did at Joe Lewis Arena? A lot of years ago, we had individual state there, okay, like that's, way back, like around 2000. I was going to say, like, when I was in high school, it was at Joe Lewis. Okay. Did you graduate around 2000? Yeah, 98. So, yeah. That's yeah. why – okay. Okay. So, anyhow, you guys, you're in these these different arenas that are not in Detroit or Ann Arbor or East Lansing, right? Because those are the three places that have the biggest facilities in, in Michigan, right? The, yeah. What I just said so is we- – our, our individual state with the last few years, we've done it at Ford Field in Detroit. Oh, you've had, you had to your individual it. at Ford Field? Yeah. We used to do it that. at Palace of Auburn Hills, but then the Pistons decided not to play there anymore, and they tore that down. So we Yeah, they had the 2007 NCAA tournament there. Yeah, yeah, I went to that. Yeah, that Next to awesome. the garbage spill. <laughs> yeah, that was 
seagulls everywhere. <laughs> I was like, why is there seagulls around? Oh, a big dump. But okay, so here I just want to point some things out that I just my observation, right? If you're not on a good dual team, you're at an advantage as far as wear and tear, right? You can look at it however you want to, right? But if it's like it's Casey Swiderski's not going to matter, right? It's not going to matter if Casey Swiderski's got to rest four, wrestle four weekends in a row. It's not going to matter for John Reeder. It's not going to matter for Donahoe or Metcalf or probably the Rendina brothers, right? Like it's not going to matter for those guys. They're Stony Buell, right? Like the Cunningham brothers, you know, like it's not going to matter for those guys. They're top tier, right? But if you're like a guy who's like, oh, I'm vying for a state title, maybe you get dinged up in the last qualification, which is regionals, right? Right. Because district, regional, state, right? So maybe you have a, a tough regional, you take fourth place or whatever, but you get out, but you get an extra week of rest. Think about that. Yeah, that is the thing. I would say uh, as a coach or as an athlete or whatever you you have a choice, whatever your situation is, to make that your advantage. So you you don't have a choice as that individual if your team is at state or not, but you do have a choice that if you are there, then it's your advantage because you are getting that extra week to keep training for something to compete for and keep yourself sharp that way and your competitive timing and you know, and you have that that you're still training for and you can either ride the momentum of we did well as a team and still feeling that high and then using that positive energy to take with you. Or if your team doesn't do well, you can use that to fire you up to, all right, we didn't get it there. I'm getting this one. Like we're going to make up for it here. So that's up to you. Or if your team is not there, then you can say, yeah, I have this advantage that, uh, I get this extra week to get myself healthy and work on some things that maybe I wanted to do. And I, I got time to put into that. And plus I might even get to watch the guys that are the top guys and get another week of actually seeing them wrestle and like, what are uh, some of his top moves? And I can use that to my advantage. So I, I just think what, whatever situation you're in, that's, that's on you to put it in terms of it is your advantage. So you can look at it either way you want. I think stressing the duels like you guys, it's, Ohio's got that wrong. You guys got it right. We got it wrong. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It makes it exciting. And uh, what it does it, for you as a coach, it's really important to coach that kid that is very marginal or maybe he's not even really that good, but he's your guy. And he's not really that good at wrestling, but you, you really still put a lot of time into him because he is important. And what his ability to do and if his ability to save you from giving up a major or he just doesn't get pinned in that duel that saves you a point that could be a big deal and and who he's wrestling so you put time into that kid to keep get him at that level and sometimes it comes down to two marginal kids wrestling each other you know and now now they are ultra important too as well as your guy that is stony Beal or whatever you know yeah. that, like stony Beal obviously is important you know like, uh, you know, his job, you know, he's trying to get six. And then you're also training this other kid. It's, his whole job might be don't give up six. Yeah. And how important that is in those duels. Yeah. I mean, you send a Stony Buell type caliber guy out or a Win Mahalik type guy, you know, just Michigan yeah. guys off the top of my head. Win Mahalik's probably pinning most 
everybody yeah. in the state all the yeah, time. I got some real good memories. Pinning everybody in the state all the time. I got some real good memories of when Mahalik pinning our guys at Team State. So oh, man, thanks Mahalik for bringing that freak. up. <laughs> you realize that guy, he threw for like 2,500 yards or 2,000 yards and rushed for like 1,600 yards. Then I'm like, hey, how many touchdowns did you have? He's like, I don't know. He's quite an athlete, huh? <laughs> Was a freak, yeah, it's like a total freak. He's from the thumb. I can't think. You want, of me, you want me to tell you, or you want to guess? Go, no, because I can't. Yeah, go. Carol. 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 Yeah. yeah, we faced them at Team State when we first bumped up to Division Three. Like we, that was one of our rivals at that time, and they were very good. And yeah, uh, yeah, when when pinned our guys, whoever we. <laughs> Wins good. He like pinned everybody we put like he faced it seemed like yeah, I think he, he pinned a lot of people everybody. at the NCAs too. He pinned a lot of people at the uh Mac tournament. I know he pinned a yeah. lot of people. He's a freak. I was talking to him this weekend. He's he's a pretty good guy. Um but you guys, yeah, like Michigan's had some really, 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 really good individuals. And I don't think people realize how good the state is. And my thing is for the longest time, I think the thing about you guys to just it that kills the high school wrestling is this ridiculous rule the ridiculous you cannot compete in tournaments yeah where there are states that are not bordering michigan that did i nail did i get that right is that yeah and there's a there's certain mile limit so like we can't do that and uh like we can't go to iron man nobody from michigan because teams will come from outside of the mile radius and you know, somebody may come from Florida or California, so Michigan's not eligible to wrestle in those. And uh, I don't, I don't understand it myself. I don't the the logic behind it or it's why. It's old school. It's old school because it was about they rode a bus everywhere. It's old school. I get it. It probably had a it had a a good intention at one point in time. That's out the window now. Yeah, I've talked to Coach Hancock about it. I mean, it is just – it is maddening to me because what happens in Ohio is with the Medina and the Brexville, now Todd Haverdell, but to have Dundee in or to have DCC in, right, or to have Davidson in because they've had all those teams, I believe, at one point or another. Yeah, they're all in it still. Low. Yeah, and now he can't bring – he can't bring Wyoming Seminary in. Right. You know, you can't bring Blair in, right? You can't bring in, I mean, whatever. I can just sit and name all the elite teams you can't bring in. You know that, though. And yeah. I believe Minnesota has the same thing, and Indiana has the same thing. I think well. Wisconsin might have Wisconsin. it, too. Wisconsin, yeah. Like, they're, yeah. you know, just move along, guys. Come on, let's let's, let's get this change. You know, we got the the, the Swiderski-type talents, right? Braden Davis-type talents. We, we got the talent in, in Michigan. Come on. Let, let them go out and, and show what they got. And then the NHSCA thing they do to you guys, right? What's that thing? I'm not exactly sure what so you're Well, the NHSCA thing, your kids aren't allowed to wrestle in it. Yeah, if you're you're underclassmen, you're right. You can't. Yeah. And then if you do go as a senior, you've now forgive, foregoing all your eligibility to be a, an athlete in the spring a, sports. A spring athlete. I'm like, so come you're, on, you're man. Got to give you, that up. Yeah. What are you doing? I, I don't fully understand it, but now there's all these other national tournaments that we can go to, though. So, it, yeah, there's a lot of old school rules. I don't, I don't fully understand what even the purpose was to begin with. So it's, uh, yeah, I wish they would move it, along. It's maddening to me, but I'm gonna just say this about Michigan: you've got how dual meets, 
you guys got that right. That is how I, you've made. I enjoy it. You, it's awesome. What you've done in dual yeah. meets is incredible. Now, hold on. Yeah, I mean, you guys, some of the, the footage I've seen from dual meets from the Michigan State Championships, the crowd is live. The wrestling's yeah. obviously super high level. I mean, how can you not sell that product? You know what I mean? Yeah. How can you not? It's really it? exciting. It's, you got something special there. You really do. And um, I really wish that you guys then carried it over to the next weekend and made it about team championship for, for a tournament. Because there, there's something to be said for that. How many of those nine teams that you have championships with, 13 total, as four as an assistant, how many would have won had you put it in a scored tournament fashion? I uh, we know I, last year. Okay, we know at least one. I know at least one would have won. With yeah. eight teams, you're winning it. You got eight champs, you're probably winning. You you're know, gonna win it, right? Yeah. But how uh, many other ones do you feel confident in? It's just off the top of your head, you know, without racking your so brain too much. We have our Michigan Grappler site, and uh, they do a lot of work for Michigan wrestling and put out things. Uh, they've they got kept a great tournament too, right? They got a tournament. Yeah, that's the one we were just at. That, yeah. Uh, Grappler Gold, they put that on last week, and they then got Grappler they Fall Classic, in the, fall, the, the Grappler Fall too. Classic. Yeah, that that uh, Tony Greathouse has put that together, and uh, JJ Johnson does a lot of work with it. Uh, they've done an amazing job with that. But uh, at the end of the year, they'll tally it up a lot, the points. And uh, a lot of those years, we have won. We did finish ahead. But some of the years we didn't win state, we finished ahead. But sometimes we didn't, you know. It's a uh, it's the duel is a different dynamic that you might not have a great uh, uh, tournament team in that sense, but what uh, you have a solid dual team, you know, and then, so it, it just depends what you have that year. But uh, we've had a good run of getting kids to be at that level winning state titles. So that's helped us have, you know, more point scoring potential in a tournament like that. Like if I'm you, I'm like, Zab, I don't care. I don't really care about the years that we we won state. We might not have won the because that's not that's not the rule set that's before me. Yeah, that's I'm playing within the bounds of the rules. I've won my nine state titles within the bounds of the rules. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I, 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 that's a pretty good way of shutting that one down. Like, who cares about that? But when it's over, when it's over, I'm also like, oh, cool, we had that too. <laughs> when they show us the total, yeah, and you won it, and then when you didn't, you're like, ah, guess we didn't have it, but. It, it doesn't uh, keep me awake at night because you're right. It's we, yeah, it's not your rule set. This is what we're trying to win, so that's where the focus is. And so, when you got, yeah, when we go to individual state, it's all about trying to get each kid to do as well as that kid can do, you know, and, and give them every opportunity to have success there. So. And you got a bunch of killers. It's not like Stony Buell or Braden Davis or just Casey Swiderski, they get to the NCAA tournament. They know what they got to do to help their team win a title. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Kevin Dresser is going to have Casey Swiderski in the mode that, hey, this is what you got to do. You got a bonus. You get a guy from a mid-major school, you better be pinning him. You better be tacking him. him. You better, you know, like he knows that. That guy knows that. guy's a killer. Him, him, him not having that in a state tournament setting, right? The individual state tournament where, oh, I got to do. And rarely are those good team races, right? Like I can think, think off the top of my head where there's been some like good ones in Ohio. Illyrian St. Ed's had a really good one not too long ago. 
LaSalle pushed St. Edward and then Wadsworth beat St. Edward. So it's like off the top of my head, like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's like the closest. Right. They're normally not close. You get my point. It's like last year's your eight champion. It's not close. Right. You're winning by 80, hundred points. I mean, you're killing people. And we, in in our, in, in Ohio, we have zero parity in two divisions. No, that's not true. We have little parity in division one. We have a lot of parity, actually, but it's somehow St. Ed's just seems to keep coming out. Of they keep doing it. They keep they getting keep it winning. done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was with seems Gus Seiko. Gus Seiko tonight, he's a St. Ed's assistant coach. Okay. And he's just like, he, he, he uh, they're always like, almost like pessimistic. Oh, I hope we can win. And I'm like, dude, you're going to win. What are you talking about? You'll win all the time. You're always acting like, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, and they're like cautiously optimistic. I get it, right? And I like that about him, but I'm like, I mean, you guys just win a lot, but Perrysburg's got a pretty good team. That seems to be very good. Yep. Brexville's got a pretty good team. Made Eric Burnett's got some guys. Eric Burnett's, you know. Isn't Eric Burnett an amazing coach? Like what Eric he does. Burnett's one of my favorite he's a, people. Isn't he ever. great? <laughs> love he's him. awesome. Love yeah. him. One of the best people I know. I've known him since I was a little kid. Yeah. So, so the way it works is, I'll just give you my relationship to the Burnett's. My brother, Ferd Miller. He's the same age as Coach Bogle. Okay, and they were like the same size. My brother Ferd uh, split matches with Mark Kerr in high school. He's an, my brother Ferd's an 87 grad, so he's a year younger than you. Where did you go to high school? I went to Dundee. You went to Dundee, so you're, you're a Viking through and through. So my brother Ferd is an 87 grad of Oak Harbor. His son is Ian, okay? Okay. So Ferd. And Eric Bernard are both 87 grads. They used to go to the Milkovich School of Wrestling. And Eric was like the star pupil. My brother Ferd was like this pudgy kid. Right. So they met there and they started hanging out. My brother's like, this guy's crazy. So Eric Burnett started coming to our house when he was like junior, senior in high school and just like staying for weeks at a time. And it was like they became friends, and that's that's our whole relationship. So Scotty and I are both ten years younger than Ferd and Eric. Okay. So then I Eric hired me in college in like uh, ninety nine two thousand, and I worked his camps till about two thousand fifteen, plunging the toilets and mopping the mats. And um, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Out in barn out there. Yes, yeah, we were out at a call. We were it was different locations. Okay, we okay. were out at the Pie Crafts. And then we moved to that big one. If you've been to that big one, have you ever been to the massive one? Yeah, yeah. The weed and feed, the, 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 the dog house where yeah. Steber's team runs out of. Anyhow, that's my relationship with them. I've known those guys. I grew up with those guys. So I've known oh, those guys awesome. forever. And I have just such a strong relation. Obviously, I'm a Burnett homer, like I'm an Ohio homer, right? Like I've got an affinity towards those people, right? Like I, I love those people. They're great people. And the biggest thing Eric or Scotty says about you, Scotty Burnett says, you know, Tim Roberts has no ego. Tim Roberts is able to let his guys come and train with us. And he's not calling his guys. He's not texting his guys. He's not worried about us. He's glad his guys are training. Tim Roberts yeah. can bring Dave Habit in to train his guys to help his guys get better. You're like this person who you're, you, you welcome the whole you want this arsenal. You want them to build an arsenal, and it's okay if they don't learn it from you. That's what he says about you. Do you feel like that's a pretty good assessment of you? Uh, it's right on. Yeah. I I think it'd be foolish to stop somebody from learning. Like, 
And then these guys are very good at it as well. And like, they love training and they love training with them. So yeah, it, I, I made it very important in my coaching as uh, don't let your ego get in the way of success. Like this isn't about me, the coaching. It's about those kids getting as successful as they can. If they can work with the Scotty Burnett and help, and he can help them get more successful, then why would I get in the way of that? Like I will learn from Scotty Burnett too and try to add that to what I do so I can keep our guys moving that direction. And that's kind of what I've done with my coaches. I'll learn from everybody I can and keep adding to what we do to help our guys keep going that level. But yeah, they're, they're going to get in the off season and go work in Scotty's club. Uh, yeah. We had that situation with Dave uh, Habit in, you know, he training at U of M and then he wanted to start coaching kids and he found these kids at Dundee he liked working with and, and then, yeah, let's welcome that in. Let's have Dave come in and, you know, we learned some great technique and he was wrestling with the guys and, you know, he helped a lot of guys really raise their level. So it's that the whole thing is, it's not about me anyway. It's about those kids. Like uh, they're your heroes. They're the ones that are going to get up there. I'm just the guy trying to help them do that. So, and you can fall in that trap where it becomes about you, you know, and you start getting successful and people tell you you're, Oh, you guys did this. You're good. And then you hear, your kid go on and praise Dave Habit for all the help he gave him, you know, on an interview or something. And, you know, and I'm like, you can let that bother you. Like, oh, Dave Habit got the credit, but I don't care who gets the credit. I'm just trying to help these kids get successful because it's not about me. You know, and like Casey was training for who's number one and he, Scotty was the guy getting prepped for it. He was training at Scotty's place and Scotty was there with him sitting in the corner, you know, and I'm like, that's awesome. You let Scotty do that with you, you know, and you guys been going to club with him all that time. And Scotty's great, you know. So, yeah, it's I I don't want to let my ego get in the way of success. I mean, trust me, I like winning, and I feel good when we win. I like all that. <laughs> but if if my ego gets more important than success, then I'm not doing this right. It's, it's just not what's important to me there. You need to teach a workshop on what you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> you can help some people out because it is crazy man and, and i see guys fall trapped to it all the time it, it's it's hard not to and you your ego can get out of hand and and let that but really what is this about what are we doing we're trying to help kids get as successful as they can right yeah and like and that's that's the thing and if this other coach connects with them and he gets better working with that why would i stop that that to me is foolish like like don't don't get in the way of that and like because you gotta your ego is more important you you missed the point you missed what this is what this job is you're doing it for you then and your own ego like i, I just don't think that's what it's about it's about helping kids get more successful it's it is yeah there's when the egos get in the way man it things get ugly it kind of starts to suck and it sucks the life out of it and yeah oh man i'm just yeah i'm in a uh uh a thing you know i have you i have two young sons and i've been um i want to hand them off you know what i mean i want them to like, right. find a great coach and we gotta 
really good coacher. His name's Jeff Varney, and he's the one that's kind of drawn my kids into it. But the it's a lot of kids. It's it's a herding kittens, right? It's this big, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge group of kids, right? They're really young, and yeah, yeah. And it's Texas like stands are low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just so many, you know, there's dads who are coaching their kids, and it's just it's really hard. Um, my kid will call, fall through the cracks if I don't advocate for him. So I've been a, kind of like having to advocate for him. But I want to get to the point where I can just be like, here, Coach Varney or whoever's going to take him. It's just it's not going to work with Scotty and Eric because they're 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 a couple hours away. You know what I mean? I'm I'm over here yeah, like too far. Yeah, it's just too far, and and um, and we're about forty five minutes from the PA border, so it's like just There's got to be work. so many good coaches around there, though. A lot of great that. coaches around here, and. You know, we're at a great school. I feel like it's a great school. But, like, my thing is wrestling, you, you're going to be good. You can be good. You can seek the Burnett's out. But I'll tell you what, sure don't hurt when you got a, a Tim Roberts that's at your school. <laughs> it sure don't hurt. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. That that helps when you got someone like you who's super knowledgeable, gets it, is passionate about it, and and loves it like you do. We're about to hit overtime. Are you ready to go a little overtime, or do you want me to go kick sure. rocks? Are you good? You're sure. good with some overtime? Sure, let's do this. Okay. So uh, your background in wrestling, and, and first off, why are you such a humble guy? <laughs> it's easy to be humble when uh, you were only a pretty good, like just a pretty good high school wrestler yourself. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I have anything to, like I, I wasn't even a state placer. I, and the reason I got into coaching is because I missed placing in state and it bugged me. And then I went in the army after high school and I just think about it all the time and it bugged me. And uh, while I was in the army, I learned some things about building myself into a stronger person, just from things I picked up there and just, just started doing it and pushing myself to new levels that I never had previously. And I was like, you know what? I think I could go back and help kids get this. And I, I think I can do that. And I, the first year out, I just went back and uh, going to practice once in a while. And I like, I really felt like I had a knack that I could do this. And then the, the guy that was coaching at the time just said he was going to stop. And I went and talked to a guy that used to coach there, Jim Wittepslager, who's great coach in his own right uh, in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I asked him if he was going to come back and coach. He said, yeah, some parents asked me if I would. And I was like, could I be assistant? And I said, I think we could build something. He said yes. <laughs> so I started coaching with him and uh, like we had something really rolling. And like I said, we went from Dundee High School. We had three state champs in our history. And uh, like placing that state was an impossible dream. It was one of those things that was kids did it once in a while, but it was something we didn't do that often. And then uh, within five years, we won a team state title, which was outside of, you know, anything we'd ever imagined. We did that. And, uh, and by year four, we had a state champ. And by the time we were done, you know, and we, I coached with him for uh, nine years. And uh, we ended up having, uh, when we had six kids win state in that time. And, you know, a good number of state placers. And like I said, my goal getting into that was just to help some kids place that state because that's what I fell short of. And then that, then uh, I was ready to be done actually coaching at that time because I thought I, cured my own demons and you know we had some kids win state so that was beyond what I thought you know I wanted to do we definitely had kids place and our team won state so I was like okay but then when I was going to get out I realized how much I liked it and came back and then become the head coach 
And from there, it's just been a quest to keep getting better. Cause I, so I'm a guy that didn't wrestle in college and I didn't learn that way. So it's been an endless keep learning. And then you watch these guys that were college all Americans and that, and then learning more technique and learning more about how to get better. And it's just been a, like an endless drive of keep, keep that knowledge moving forward and moving forward and passing it on. So I guess, you know, how to say why humble, because I know who I am. I'm that kid that didn't place at state. So I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm the guy that just keeps learning and keep trying to get better. And I'm like, if you let your ego get in the way and you become all that, then, then are you going to stop learning? And like, like, oh, I'm, I got it all figured out. Cause if you are that guy, I think pretty quick, you're going to get humbled by somebody behind you that really does know what he's doing or he does keep learning. He does keep moving forward and the sport keeps evolving anyway. So if you're not evolving with it and you're too, your ego is so big, you're not going to do that and learn more then you're going to get left behind. So, I mean, why am, why would I be a humble person? I guess maybe because life taught me to be that. Like every time I get cocky, uh, God has a way of making me pay for it. So I just learned my lesson. Like it doesn't really pay to be cocky. Just, just keep, stay humble, keep getting better. Once again, you should give a workshop on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible that you have that insight. And I love how hungry you are from, from a shortcoming, from, from failure. And um, I, was, I was at Defense Soap tonight talking to Guy Seiko. Yeah, we, yeah. Buy, we buy his product. So yeah. Fat, so, so oh, oh, hey, hold on. Shameless plug. They got a 32-ounce family size. We buy it by the gallon. So. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> said that he just puts it in his uh, uh, shower by the gallon. So um, he uh, – I asked him just about – he was a police officer. He's a retired police officer, if you didn't know. Okay. Hi. So I said, would you be a, you know, it's really tough being a police officer right now, right? There's a lot of anti-police sentiment. And he was just like, I wouldn't change a thing about my life. He goes, all the failure. I, you know, I've been divorced. I, you know, I, I, he just went through this litany of things of, of failures. And when I think of Guy Sicko and everybody mm -hmm. else in the wrestling world thinks of Guy Sicko, they think, First off, guy makes a, a killer product. You, you just set it, you use it. And I don't think of someone who fails. I think of someone who is a killer and he never says no and he's always helping everybody. But, you know, he like opened up and was like, yeah, no, all the failures really what's driven me to this. And, and I love that about you because you're similar to him, right? You're, you're pretty humble and you let your failure motivate you to help others. I like... I love that. And like, um, yeah, man, I just, I think that there's something to be said for that. Like I would be out of wrestling if it weren't for Eric Burnett. Eric Burnett kept me in the sport. I was done. I was ready to be done. I wrestled for five years in college. I was done. And he sucked mm -hmm. me back in like the mob, man. <laughs> but I, I thank him for that. He's an awesome guy. You know what I mean? So he has that. I've yeah. learned from him too. You know, yeah. Had him up. Yeah. We were fortunate uh, years ago with the Rendina boys. They were, their dad, Joe Ray, was he was going the extra mile and he was driving his kids all the way to Milan, Ohio, twice a week to train with the Stevers down there with Eric. And, uh, you know, got to meet him way back then. 
it's it's pretty amazing to me though that like someone like yourself like uh you don't feel threatened you're so secure in yourself right you're so secure in yourself as a coach from failure as a as an athlete in high school and it's like what drove you and then you were you're satisfied and you're like "Ah, i guess i'll stick around we could be ah, we're special we were special all right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna move on but you don't move on you stick around that and that that kind of speaks to your character because most people would have moved on They'd yeah. be up in the UP or up north, deer hunting, doing their thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, th- it takes a special person. Yeah. We had a, when I first started as assistant, we had a kid on the team I thought was pretty good. And uh, I used to go pick him up, and we trained together and, like, worked together and had a goal to see if he could get him to be a state champ. And he did. He won a state title for us. And I thought, you know, when he's when he graduates, I think I'll be done. You know, and uh, I think I, and I, I got it out of my system. I'm done. And then it was a few years back, I ended up coaching his son to a state championship too. I'm like, well, I guess didn't stick to that plan. I'm still doing it. <laughs> it was his son's wrestling at Lake Erie now. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Jeff Breeze is a good guy, by the way. Yeah. He is at Lake Erie College. Like I said, hey, that's a mile off the campus where I teach high school. That's that cool. Crazy? Yeah, we got three kids wrestling there right now. You got Swiderski. Give me the other two. Uh, Tyler Orson, he's been or- there. Or- uh, okay, I've called his matches. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Austin Feets is there now too. Okay, he was state wow. champ Orson. Good for you, coach. That's awesome. Putting him at the next level. Um, what would you say to a young coach? What would you say to a young coach who wants to get into the sport, and maybe the person was a college all American or a high school state champ, or they were pretty good at wrestling, right? What would you say to that person to make their coaching better? Hmm. Uh, well, I'd have, first off, have to meet the person and get a read on him as a person. Um, I, everybody's going to be their self and do like, you got to be you because uh, you can't try to, you can't try to do it, be someone else. You got your own personality and put into it. Um, the biggest thing I think for anyone is just keep learning, keep, keep moving forward and learning because you're going to do things what you believe is right in the beginning. Like you're, you're a new young coach and you come in, you're going to do what you believe is right and how you think this works. And you're most likely going to find out what you believe is right. Doesn't work for all the people because it works for you maybe and some other, and you're going to find out you got to adjust to all these personalities and all these parents and all that, and you're going to have to adjust a lot of things and keep adjusting and, and keep learning as you go. And you're going to make mistakes and like just make them and move forward and keep learning from them because it's a you're, you're going to keep adjusting as you go. So, like, the best thing I could say is like, don't let fear of failure paralyze you, just do it. And if you make mistakes, move forward and get better from it because I'm, uh, you know, I'm 23 third year as head coach and I'm still making mistakes, you know, and like, and still learning from them and getting better, you know, like, all right, I got to adjust and, you know, made a mistake there, but can't let it paralyze you. Just keep moving and be open to learn and understand that if you're going to be in this for the long haul, like this isn't a sprint, this is a marathon and you are, you're going to keep plugging and keep doing that and keep learning as you go and little by little get better. 
So you, it's hard to sprint all the way through it. It's a marathon. I think your heart will explode. Most people's will. <laughs> <laughs> your heart will explode. And I think yeah. the, the, that's what happens. People burn themselves out and they want to, they want out. Yeah. And, and it happens a lot because you want to do everything at the beginning and you want to be everywhere and do everything. And uh, like, if you want to build a program that's going to be around a long time, build your people first. You're going to need a system of people. You're going to be good for a long time. You're not going to do it all by yourself. You're going to need a, a system of people. And we're really lucky in Dundee. We have that. Like uh, we got a solid guy, Ron Samara, that's been a part of our youth program as long as I've been there. You know, like he was, he was starting doing that before I got into the coaching. So that guy has been like a pillar for us of building our youth program. And then he goes through there and then, at first, that was all we had was that youth, and then he was our junior high coach, and then we had the high school. And then more guys, as they've come through and graduate, come back and help at the youth, and then kids get good through that, and then we've had more people helping that way. And like our, you need that base of people that can do parts, and they do it in like all of it together, and you got a whole system. But if I was trying to do all of that youth, and all of that, taking the kids that are trying to get to the next level and doing that extra training. And then the next group of kids that's trying to get to the next level yet, they're a little bit older and the middle school and the high school, like that's a lot to do for 23 years in a row. Right. But I've been, you know, we have a system set up where I can do the high school coaching and then spend a little bit of time with these and then do this. But now I can keep doing it for years and not get that where I'm just spent. Your heart explodes and you want to give up. Yeah, that. <laughs> Burnout. Delegating. You know, it, Delegating, you know, And there right? might be people that do have that, and then they can do keep doing it like that for years, you know, and more power to them. That's awesome that you have that. But uh, I think if you have a system, you're going to be a lot more able to sustain that. But if, And if you don't have that youth system and everything, it, you're going to really struggle to be consistently good in high school, right? Because you're just waiting for athletes then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, that's not sustainable. I mean, you're not going to be any good, but I mean, you, you might be, you're going to have good kids here and there and you can coach yeah. them up and get good, but it's just, yeah, you're not going to have a sustainable system. Like you're saying a bitty youth, right. It's, it's the most, it's the base of everything. It's, it's right. You have to have it. And, and then, then you got really good kids that'll draw other kids. It's just, yeah. And now, like you were saying earlier, like the opportunities, there's guys out there that are very good that are running their own clubs now. Yep. And these guys are, they were college level All-Americans. So they're really high level coaches that put a lot in it. And they've been able to make that what they do for a living is run these clubs. Yep. And now you have the opportunity to train there. Like that wasn't a thing back then, but now it is. Yep. And you can go there and put in your extra time. So like you were saying earlier, like be foolish for me to say, no, don't go learn from that college All-American how to get better. Like that would be foolish, right? <laughs> He's, you know, that, so guy, guys are doing that now too. So kids can take, get into that, get better as well. Here's the wild thing about everything we're talking about. We talk about how oh, this kid was a state champ or, you know, this guy's a national champ. This guy's an all American. We're hung up on that a little too much in wrestling because if that, we hire a lot of people on the basis of that and they might not be the best person. I want you to think about just yourself. You know, Tim Roberts wouldn't have got a look no one would have looked at you twice. You wouldn't have been the guy. You, wouldn't, you weren't the credentialed guy. You're state qualifier, no. right? 
So just think yeah, about this. In wrestling, we get that wrong a lot. And because we get that wrong, there's the next Tim Roberts, the next great coach, the next guy who could win 10, nine, 10 state titles in the state of Michigan. They get discouraged or they think they're, they're not confident in themselves or someone tells them, we've got this image that you got to be multiple-time state champ, multiple-time All-American NCAA champ, world team member. Like, I, I just – I disagree with that that – hiring kinda, model and what we're doing i kind of understand it in the college d1 level because well, like trying to draw trying to draw recruits i get that you're drawing recruits and uh, you're kale sanderson like that's a that's a draw for recruits that's anyway. a no we all get that i think and we I all get, get that i get it how they get their jobs because you were a good wrestler and you hang around as an assistant to wrestle with the guys and then do that well improve yourself and then maybe you get a job as an assistant from that and then prove yourself in that and learn the ropes there before a head coach job, job opens up. So I kind of get how the, the, the system works that way. And then if you are a name that did all that, you know, obviously uh, it's going to help with recruiting. So it's yeah, a people like, business. It's a people business. Obviously yeah. you're good at talking to people. You're good at motivating people. You, you know, you're, you're an army, right? Yeah, I was an army. You're an army and there's the lessons that you took from, being in the army and being in probably adverse situations that have made you a better person. Right. I mean, and you've taken them and applied them to a practical coaching application. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. And it speaks a lot to you that you've been able to like persevere through this. You're able to get through, you know, people maybe looking down your nose. Who's this guy? Right? Well, oh yeah. This guy, I've been right? through that. I've been and, through and, that. And, and when it's, it's you're awesome. a young assistant and, uh, you're hungry to learn and you're, like I said, I was that guy uh, just wrestled in high school. Was only, and you're trying to learn from people and they kind of like, who are you? You know, and you just hanging around these college level coaches, see if they'll give you anything. And you don't even know what questions to ask, right? You're so far away uh, from getting it. And uh, yeah, you see that. So yeah, I've been through some of that, you know, and just, just keep little by little learning what you can. You know. Do you keep track of the ones who wouldn't even bother, didn't even bother to remember your name? Did you keep that? I, I remember. I remember some of them. I'm a human being. I remember some. Of them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, give me a, give me a kid. You know, we've been talking about all the elites. Give me, you know, all those nine, fourteen team titles, thirteen team titles. Give me a kid. You can pick two. I don't care. Who's a 500, below 500 kid that helped you win a duel or win a state title that just, like, inspired you or fired the kids up? Like you're saying, like, they're your guy. You want to coach them up. Maybe they're not going to make the individual state, but they got a chance to help you win a state title. Tell me we've about a, a kid like we've that. We've had a lot of them. In the, in the duel thing, that, those guys are so key. And whatever his job may be, you know, it, it's uh, – he had to wrestle the kid that was state champ, and he just kept it close. Um, I, a really good, a good one that we had was uh, this one kid, uh, Sean Kylitz. It was a year. It was a tough, really tough battle we were having with uh, one of our major rivals, a team uh, we faced each other a lot at state. But uh, he was that kid. He's around 500-level wrestlers. He's, uh, he does okay for us, but he, he came to – battle at state and he had a kid who was a state qualifier and he just uh he had one thing he, he did well like a breakdown you know far ankle far thigh and uh 
you kind of lower your shoulder and run it over and kind of pick the near leg up and step through and get a Turk. Yeah. No, it's like, okay, it's a basic breakdown. Brent Metcalf used to use it in college all the time. So he still teaches, but so he keep, he just does this and this is his thing, but he keeps running it through the Turk, gets some back points, right? Get off, do it again, get some back points, do it up. But he wins the match that, uh, you know, puts us in a really good position to win that duel, to win the state title. You know, like he's a hero because he did that, right? Um, our very first state title when I was assistant coach, this is going back in the 90s. And uh, we did not have the, we, at that time, was it, we were still at uh, 103, or I think the weight was 103 still at that time, but it was in the 90s. We didn't have one all year. But uh, we, this is before girls wrestling has really hit. And I was working with Coach Witt, so having a girl wrestle was like something different. But one girl in our school said she would do it, and she could make the weight. So she had one girl she practiced with every day, and that was they just practiced together all the time. Her first match ever was in the high semifinals at Team State, and we're wrestling number one versus number two ranked teams because that they didn't seed that back then. And her first, and she's the first match of the duel because we didn't draw weights then either. So she's she's got to go out first and wrestle this kid. And we we knew their kid was like he was marginal kid, right? So, and I and I'm all year as a sister, I'm like we should let her wrestle. And he was like no, nah, because it was old school. He didn't want to. But yeah. her first match ever, she goes out and she loses 10-6, right? But that was a three point decision. We won by two. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My name is Sarah Pennington. <laughs> Sarah Pennington got the job done, man. Got the job done. It was our first uh, state title ever. That's cr and you did it with a a girl who never wrestled until never the wrestled. state semifinal. <laughs> first match of her life. <laughs> that's insane. And she didn't get. And listen, you know what happens to a lot of first year anythings first time anythings you get in wrestling you get run over and pinned oh yeah cow catcher oh. they take you down throw a half and run you over and you don't know what you're yeah. doing yeah she's before oh. that that morning before she went out she finally like i'm scared <laughs> it's okay these are the ones that matter when you tell me these oh, yeah. this is like the things i really appreciate and it's like i was talking to the guy who coaches my youth kids and i'm like he was just, you know, every, we, you know, it's like we want to talk about the elite people, right? Like the media is on the elite people. You know, it's like everybody wants oh, to hear yeah. what Casey Swiderski has to say. He's the best oh, kid sure. in the country, right? We get that. Reason. Yeah. Sure. But there's so many stories that are lost. You know, it's like, and I was like telling him, like one day I was like, he was talking about this person, that person, elite coach, this elite coach. I go, I was like, you're right. You are wrestling, Jeff Varney. You are like, you are what wrestling's about. He owns his own business, and he's a really good guy. Tim mm -hmm. Roberts is what wrestling's about. You are, like, what wrestling's about. Like, you are, like, if people can't take the lessons and, like, listen to this and hear how you talk and hear you about talk about kids and talk about coaching and yourself and, you know, not having this ego, that's what wrestling's really about. Not, it's not really about being 159-0 and being Kale Sanderson. That, that's, a, that's an anomaly. Right, you still want to be that, but yeah. Well, you want to be that, but like he's the only dude who's done that. Yeah. Right. That's the only guy who's got like 
he's probably still mad about stuff he lost, right? Because he's just so darn and, competitive. And if you get to talk to him, he's a humble guy. Very and humble he is, guy. He, he is one of the better people you'll get to talk to as well. Very and humble guy. And he's also that guy. Olympic champ and undefeated yeah, guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But that, but, okay, that, that guy is like – but he's like an anomaly. He is like the complete exception to everything we're talking about. Oh, yeah. But But he's still a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Still he's loyal awesome. to all his guys. You know, he still does his job. You know what I mean? Like he's so he still epitomizes. He is wrestling because he epitomizes everything we want our kids to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I want my kids to get out of it, right? Like you are wrestling. You know, you are you are everything that people are supposed to be taking from us and applying to practical life. And I just don't think we have enough of appreciation of that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for saying so. Appreciate no, I mean that. I just don't think a lot of people I notice it. I, I think they notice the. 14 state titles and yeah the first guy to get 10 and you know i i guess i've gotten my share of recognition for what we've done too you know that's that's really cool you were the national coach of the year last year two years ago uh that was uh last year last congratulations on that thank you yeah that was awesome how does this year look for you guys as far as uh, we know that you got you (laughs) dundee michigan (laughs) had two of the 14 number one guys in the country to start the season, right? So we got those two guys. <laughs> right. We, we, we know that, but you got more guys. You had guys that yeah. went, went to the Open. or You know, you had a guy, another guy that went to the, the Storm Open in place. You got more yeah. guys. It's just not so, two yeah, guys. We, yeah, we're, we have really good guys coming back. Like, a, you know, we had five kids that won state coming back. This, this year's challenge is, though, that they didn't grow and fill out all the weights. So all of those guys are like down from 152 down. And like, so we got to spread them out through there and then try to work that up in the upper weights with newer guys. So it's a whole new challenge. And that's the thing when you're at a smaller school like us, that uh, you might be year to year, like last year, we just, they grew right. We filled them out. We were able to have a kid like Stony Buell level that he's really a 160 pounder, but we can put him at 189 and he can still do his job and get bonus points, you know, in pretty much every match. So we, we could spread them out that way because we had kids at that level. But, uh, yeah, this year's challenge is we got some guys that are going to be kind of green and those upper weights trying to do the job so we can – so we got some work to do with that. So Having the greenhorns. Yeah. Sending the greenhorns out and expecting them not to get, get pinned is really hard, and that's about fighting. Yeah, it's about them getting them just to figure things out and just learn about the sport, and that—that's a part of it. You know, that's the struggle, right? But those are the kids yet you were just talking about that do the job for you, and that that puts you in, and that's what our dual tournament does. Is that kid is just as important? Your Casey and your Braden, and you know your your Caden Chinavars, state champ, you know, and you know those level kids are very important. But this kid is also very important. You got to put, you know, your time into coaching him just as much. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's I think it's it's really great about the uh, the sport. I think that that's a big thing that you got to focus on everybody. You got to spread it out. You can't just focus yeah. on the elite. And and that's what's awesome about the duel. And that's what Michigan has right with the duels that Ohio's really missed out on over the years. But our state our state coaches association has picked it up now. Our our OHSAA our governing body. Um, they dumped it. They got rid of it. They were they were done with uh, state duels, and, and then but the coaches association stepped up. We still have a state duels. It's actually pretty awesome and competitive. So, 
but they don't they don't look at it like you guys do. It's not their state title. It's their state title in Ohio. Hold on. They still count it as a state title. St. Ed's calls it a state title. Graham calls it a state title, right? Genoa called it a state title. But the real sure. state title to all them and the end-all, be-all for them and what really matters to them is who wins the individual tournament with team scores. Much like the NSA tournament. And I can see because that is what the state recognizes and that's still where they are. And, you know, when Michigan switched over back in the uh, late 80s, like at first that was people had to adjust to that. But now we're so far into it that we, I mean, it, we don't even really consider the points that like, really, you're just thinking about the individuals when you go. It's to just, that it is what it is. It's, it's what it's become. Yeah. You're, you're used to it. You phased out of the other thing. It doesn't even matter to you. Yeah. Just the kids want to win it. Do well. Yeah. I love it. I love that you guys are doing it. I mean, you get my point about like, I'd like having to have a second it. trophy. Makes yeah. Sense. I, I think that that would be cool, but how you, how yeah, you do the duels be. is so dynamite though. It's so good. It's pretty exciting. I think it's an environment people should really see and see how exciting it is. I'd like to see if college could ever really take it serious, you know, and do it. I know they tried it a few years back in D1, but a couple of years into it, teams started figuring, like, what do we benefit from doing this? Exactly. Because this title don't mean much. Our guys might get banged up. What, you know, and what are we going to peak for this and then peak again? You know, so it didn't make sense for them to try to do it like that, you know, and it, They'd have, because the peaking for them is so much of what you got to do, you know, in those levels, like they would really have to figure out a system. But I think it would be awesome to see it at a D1 level. And make duels, the duels, are really how you this, duels are how you grow the sport, not all day tournaments. Right. Duels are how you grow the sport. Straight I, I up, know, duels are how you grow it. The town of Dundee, you know, people, they're kind of into it because our team's been good so long. But when we go to Team State, the town of Dundee is pretty much sitting in the stands. Like, you know, that's awesome. The, the casual fan, they're there for that. That's, and that's they're all really in. Cool. And they're cheering for wrestling and they're loud and they are in, you know, and it's, that's fun. You know, and they, and you can see like the kids are like, oh, look at this. Everybody came out to see us, you know. So, yeah, if you want to grow the sport, the duels are where people really get into it. Coach, man, that is uh, – you guys have built one heck of a thing in Dundee, Michigan. I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Do you have anywhere else we need to go here, anything you want to talk about? Shout-outs. Zeb, mm-hmm. you forgot to ask me about this. Uh, the only thing I'd like to give a big shout-out to uh, uh, David Bulliard and Dave Habit, you know, two Ohio guys. But I think I'm really uh, – have big appreciation for what they've done for helping our program reach the next level. David Bulliard had his club advantage club and uh, started training, doing it out of Dundee. And that really helped us a lot uh, up our technique level, you know, like really took us to a next level of learning technique and uh, helping us raise that bar. And then after he got, you know, the whole thing with Eastern went away and then he got his job at U of M. He wasn't able to do that anymore. But then Dave Habit came in and then kept it going and he added more technique yet. And then the training he did with our guys and you could see kids really raising their level and, you know, two guys ranked number one and Stoney was in the top 20 as well. And he's at Purdue wrestling right now. And, you know, Tyler Swiderski is now ranked 
in the Division Two Nationals. You know, he's just made this starting lineup for Lake Erie, and he's ranked in the top six in the country right now. Is he 49? He is 57. 57. Yeah. But uh, big shout-out to those guys. And uh, I, I guess it'd be remiss to give a uh, talk about the guys that Mindset Wrestling has really helped us, you know, working on the mental side of the game uh, and really help us learn a lot more techniques on that. Uh, really – took us to another level with that as well. So, you know, a big shout out to those guys, Mindset Mike. I don't know if you've ever talked to him or not, but he's all over the place, the guys hustling everywhere. And, uh, you know, they've done a lot for helping us get to another level too. So I'm going to give shout, a shout out to those guys. I'll shout out Dale, Dale Swiderski. He gave me your number. Dale did. Yeah. <laughs> Dale, uh, you know, Dale was instrumental in what we have built as well. Cause, uh, we were, um, I guess I got to a level where we were pretty good and we kept coming up, like, I got really frustrated because we kept coming up short at state, like got second four years in a row. And uh, that was frustrating, you know, just barely losing. And I was just like, I got to do something different. So with my job, I can't start practice till five anyway. And I used to use that time. I always had this thing like, we can't lift before practice because we'll be worn out. We won't be able to practice. And I, I was just like, we got to do something different because I, I don't like where we're at. And uh, I was like, that's it. We're going to do strength training. We're just going to do it. If it don't work before practice, whatever, because we're, we're getting second anyway. I want to start winning. So we, I was going looking how to do it. Dale, if you ever met Dale, he's all built himself. And he's Pretty in intense practice. too. Yeah, and he's intense dude, for sure. But uh, he researched it. He had time, figured out a CrossFit you know, program that would work for wrestling. We incorporated it, started doing that before practice. And uh, since we started doing it immediately, you could see the gains, you know, and our kids are really built. And Dale doesn't have time to do it anymore. And since then we moved on and Nate Hall is uh, the first time we've had a teacher on staff. That's a coach. And he's uh that's been a godsend, but Nate's doing a great job with it now. And uh, he was actually voted uh, Michigan assistant coach of the year last year. So was, where's Nate awesome. from? He went to high school in Blissfield. Okay. And uh, he wrestled at Grand Valley uh, on their club team. Okay. And, uh, but he was, he was there, but he, yeah, he got hired at uh, Dundee as a, as, as a junior high phys ed teacher. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. uh, yeah. But he's done a great job for us there. And uh, so yeah, that that strength program, but Dale was the guy who did it first, and that was a big big help. To get Dale Dale must have had the Swiderski boys doing that stuff when they were little, little, probably like six, seven, eight, nine years old. They were you pretty young. The, do you know the story of Casey? His nickname's Juggernaut, and he ran through Scotty's sliding glass door. Scotty Burnett, he ran. It was winter, and he ran through the sliding glass door, plate glass door. Yeah. He is, uh, and I think he was like 12, 10, 12 I, years old. He was, he might have been 10. He was very that's young. In, that's, a, <laughs> I got a, I have a couple of them. Oh my God. I can't imagine running into that. He ran right through it. He was a little <laughs> kid. I'm like, what a freak. But uh, yeah. hey, hey, back to the, uh, my brother putting me up in the tree. <laughs> Okay. He put me up in the tree. We were cutting my buddy's tree down in Kent. 
ironically enough, the Cat. world headquarters of um, the Davy company Tree. you work for, Davy Tree. Yeah, how about that? But Davy Tree doesn't do residential. Yeah, they do. Davy Tree in Kent, Ohio doesn't do residential. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not in Kent. But they're they, the corporate they, end. Davy's there. everywhere. Davy, Davy, you can even get them to mow your lawn. They, they, they do landscaping. <laughs> I like that. But okay. So my friend Joe Charlton, we were college teammates. He's a PA guy, good guy. Hey, can you cut these trees down? My brother brings a boom truck over because my brother works and they work in Toledo for a structural steel company called uh, Henry Gertzweiler. My dad worked for Henry Gertzweiler. My papa Ferd worked for Henry Gertzweiler. It's right off of uh, that new bridge. The new the uh, what's the bridge called? The, I don't know the name of it. You know what I'm talking about? I know the which one you're talking. Two eighty. Yeah, Two eighty uh, bridge. Think of the name of it, but it's really yeah, it's pretty cool looking bridge. Two eighty yeah. bridge. They're there at the end of that is uh, the north side of that bridge is where their yard is. But anyhow, okay, I, that, that's how my dad raised me off of Henry Gertzweiler, and then my brothers have done the same with their kids. Anyhow, he brought a boom truck over, brings boom boom truck over. Um, he brought a man basket. You know what a man basket is? It hangs off the end of the headache ball. He puts me up in the tree. I get in the tree. And at some point he got mad that I was telling people I could cut trees down. You know, you're a dish pan. Yeah. These guys are real pieces of work. All my brothers, you got dish pan hands and you're a slug. You can't tell people, you know how to work. And I'm like, well, no, I, I know what I'm doing. Right. And, uh, he puts me up in the tree and what he's, so what's happening is I got a cable choker. He would send it up to me, put it up to me. I'd, I'd hook on. I'd limb out you because you know in a pine tree is easy. You can make yourself foot pegs, right? Yeah. It's not it's not hard. It's not like when you've got an oak tree or something. Some very, people, some people, some people, it's still hard. Right? Limbing an oak tree out because you got to get from the limb that's forty feet that way to you know you got to climb down and climb up, right? It's not I like know. that. He put me up in the tree, and then I was just working my way down, and he'd hook on, and I'd limb it down shimmy down with my safety belt and then so were you on a crane or were you in the bucket i'm now i am on the tree at this point so you're climbing the tree okay. i'm climbing the tree i'm climbing down the tree i would climb down and i would i, I would hook the uh the choker up and then he okay. would tension it right and then oh, I, he had a crane he had a crane right okay. matching the pieces off of me we were gotcha. piecing it out Piecing it out. I'm not using the. I'm not using any of your correct lingo. I know that. I'm following where we're at. Okay, so we're piecing this tree out, right? So I get, you know, he put me up and originally put me up in at about 65, 70 feet. We take about 15 feet off of it, so I'm 50 feet up. So as I'm getting down, getting down for the next pick, next chunk, he starts hitting the tree. And shaking it because he's hooked onto it. Well, you know that feels when you're up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. And when you get scared up there, you clinch up. Oh yeah. And when you clinch you up, about. you get exhausted really quick. And he did this, and then he he snatched the piece off of me. Then I shimmied down, and then he took the ball, took the the end of the crane, and started just hitting the tree is not hooked on anymore and i'm like i'm screaming i'm like what are you doing stop and he's laughing 
all the people in the neighborhood are out in their house like, what is going on? That's just the Millers up in a tree trying to kill each other. So when I got down, I hit him in the face with my hard hat. Okay. Well, it's huh? just, but then I laid down because I was so exhausted. <laughs> What'd you learn that day? He then broke the axle on my four wheeler trying to move a chipper. <laughs> this guy's a real, he's a real gem. <laughs> he's a well, real gem, Coach Roberts. You should meet Tate Miller. I don't know if I want to trim trees with him, but uh, I, I don't I know if you want to meet him. It's a pleasure to meet him. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of work. But he runs a crane for Gertzweiler. They're a structural steel company. Um, okay. So it's like, uh, it's by Greenbelt Parkway. And accurate enough at swinging the ball to hit a tree several times. So, <laughs> listen, this guy is just, yeah. So, okay. You got anything else for me? Uh, I think we're good. We got a good uh, long one here. You might have. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Hey. For everybody out there, go out and check out Barbarian Apparel at www.barbarianapparel.com. Check out the new uh, family size defense soap, body wash, shower gel. Coach Robert, stick around. We'll talk a little bit here off camera, right? All right. Thanks a lot.